Hello? What time is it? Who is it? Um, I don't know. I... Situation. Green. Desert Foxtrot. Sorry, honey. I have to take this. Hello and welcome to Sorry Honey, I Have to Take This, a deep dive into the Delta Green role-playing game. You are listening to our inaugural episode and the very first time I think we've all played together. I'm your handler, Chris, and I've got some wonderful players with me who are going to introduce themselves. Yeah, so why don't you start us off, Eric? Me, huh? Okay. My name is Eric Lundberg. I will be playing Romeo, an FBI special agent, who is a 34-year-old male working uh, in the FBI, as, as I said, who's tall, wiry, with slicked-back brown hair, piercing blue eyes, a posture that's usually relaxed and approachable, though he does behave in his job with a very serious attitude. Well, we'll see about that. We'll see. We'll see. Why does it say KIA next to my name? I'm very alive. Uh, well... It's it's possible. I think that Romeo may have may have perished in an alternate universe. Yeah. Would you like me to adjust that for you there? I mean, it, it would make me feel better. It's very. Uh, it already kind of creates that despair uh, a little too early, doesn't it? Yeah, foreboding is like creeping into my head already, and I, I can't gotcha. get it out. Gotcha. So. Okay. Well, I kind of like that though. I kind of want that foreboding. I really like, hate you right now. Just I usually it's just KAA one like I usually have to build that up, you know, and now. It's just there already. Yeah. You get a free one. Yeah. Cool. Who's next? John? Yeah, I'll go. My name's John. I will be playing... I'll be playing Agent Relic, uh, a park ranger of National Park Services, Grand Canyon National Park, a member of the Investigative Services Branch, which I guess to be a special agent. Not that he gives a shit. Uh, <laughs> he is a thousand-yard stare off into sadness and is here to um, not ask questions and just set it on fire. Cool. Amber? I am Amber. I will be playing Agent Roizen today. She is a 34-year-old Mossad agent currently on loan to do some training at Camp Peary. She's no-nonsense likely to follow orders before thinking about them. Could be interesting. (laughs) Nice. And Michael? I am playing Agent... Ryan. His father is from Saudi Arabia. His mother is American. And based on his his father's legacy, he followed in his footsteps to join the energy sector as well and works as an executive for an oil company. He's fluent in both English and Arabic and his fa- he's 35 years old and his father died unexplainably 15 years ago. Um, Mm. And around that time, he started looking for some answers as that was a majorly disruptive moment in his life. And Delta Green is potentially one of the places where he thinks he might find those answers. Damn. Something weird happened to his dad, apparently. Mm -hmm. Okay. Maybe, maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll find out. Maybe we'll find out what happened. Cool. Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of set the stage for each one of you to flesh out your new characters a little bit more. I'm going to basically tell you how you're contacted or at least what you're contacted for because it wouldn't be a game if the program wasn't reaching out to put you into the field. And 
you let us know how that works for your agent. Do they have like a handler that contacts them? Is it a carrier pigeon that flies overhead and drops a note strapped to a brick? Just kind of let us know what that looks like for, for your agent. I bet it's gonna be just a little bit different for everyone. What's gonna basically occur is you're gonna be called to show up at Columbus, Columbus, Ohio, at the FBI office there on Nationwide Boulevard at, a, at uh, 2 p.m. Why don't, uh, why don't we start the other way around? Michael, how, how does this work for Agent Ryan? So I know, Chris, did you know that I'm from Columbus, Ohio? No, I didn't. Is that true? <laughs> that is, yeah, it's my hometown. <laughs> oh, man, so you're going to immediately point out all of the inaccurate... Actually, <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm definitely not, but that's funny as hell. Well, the FBI office is on Nationwide Boulevard, so so far I'm one mm-hmm. for one. So far you're right. Yes. Good Googling. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Agent Ryan has an executive assistant who is basically a, a third limb named Chloe, who is perfect for his needs because she does everything excellently and asks minimal questions. So... When she gets delivered a, an unmarked package with a triangle si- symbol on the side, she doesn't ask any questions and places the envelope or the box or whatever it might be onto uh, Agent Ryan's desk and you know, asks no questions and, and nothing is asked of her in return. Gotcha. And so when Agent Ryan comes into his office and he sees this carefully deposited envelope on his desk. He sighs, closes his office door, he opens it up, and inside is a cassette tape. Agent Ryan doesn't really know what he's going to do with this, uh, so he actually has Chloe call down and look for an audio repair shop nearby who might be able to sell him a cassette tape player. A few hours later, he's listening to a recorded voice, someone he's never heard before, who speaks in measured tones and, well, almost sounds like he's reading off a recipe. It doesn't take Agent Ryan long to realize that he is going to need to drop everything and meet with a program handler in Columbus, Ohio at the FBI building. Amber, how, how, does, uh, how does Agent Roizen get contacted by the program well after a long day of training today would have likely been language training for the new recruits some random rookie walks up hands her an envelope and walks away nice and much like agent ryan you open up this envelope it looks like the torn back side of a composition notebook it honestly looks like garbage you kind of turn it over in your hands and you realize the underside, at least from the perspective that you're looking at it, there is a set of instructions as well as a phone number to be at the FBI building in Columbus, Ohio tomorrow at two. You also discover that a travel voucher has been prepared through, well, what looks like formal pathways through your job to get you there. Well, you did, didn't put any time in just yet, but you already have time set out to be gone for 10 days for a training exercise. Well, guess I better get packing. <laughs> John, how does Agent Relic get contacted by the program? Oh, man, let me tell you. There's this uh, old technology. I don't know if y'all have heard it before. It's called a, uh, a fax machine. Mm. And it's this thing <laughs> where you can like dial a phone number and like sent you know it'll send a thing anyways he's got a uh he's got a fax machine in his um his office way out there in the park and he plugs it in once per day for 30 minutes during his shift and if anything usually nothing comes through hardly ever anything comes through occasionally something might he just crumples it up and burns it after reading got it so it's just his special fax line i like yep awesome well the instructions are very clear it's unmistakable that it's from a contact and yeah you get prepared to leave eric how does romeo get contacted uh romeo's in the uh, washington dc office and going about his daily business and the mail clerk comes by and drops off 
a pile of envelopes, uh, and one of them looks like a birthday card with a childishly drawn smiley face, uh, the nose of which is a green mm. triangle, and all the water in his mouth completely dries out, and he knows exactly what this means. He opens it, and it is a birthday card, and a Starbucks gift card falls out, and on the inside of that, uh, the little cardboard holder for the gift card are the directions for where he needs to meet at the operation. The gift card itself is actually scratched out like it's been used. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so he knows that uh, it's time to travel. And he checks his office schedule, and it's already been booked off for him. It's like he was just minutes ago in his in his office calendar, and it was not. It was like the second he looked at it, it booked itself uh, as uh, out of office. Yeah, you're, you're due at McCord Air Base for a Joint Terrorism Task Force training exercise. Time to go. Each one of you loads up what you feel is important to bring with you. You know what it means to be called into the field. You know there's nothing that you can bring that's going to fully prepare you for what you may experience, but you do your best. Each one of you sets up your go bag and you make your way uh, however you wish to travel. The following day, you each show up to the large FBI office in Columbus. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that is that uh, meet your expectations, Michael? Is that a true Columbus, Ohio photograph? I or? would argue that is a very generous Columbus, Ohio. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Careful what you say. Our some of our listeners may be from Columbus and have very strong feelings about. Uh, Whatever that city does. (laughs) (laughs) Well said. (laughs) Each one of you uh, is motioned through security. Some of you quickly wand over with a metal detector, handheld metal detector. You're each led through the hallways of the FBI office buildings by a silent, which you presume is an agent, who is openly carrying a rifle. Uh, through the hallways. A conference room is your next stop, which is only opened by biometrics from the outside, by your escort. And one by one, you each filter into a fairly mid-sized presentation room. The room's set up like a corporate boardroom, but there are no windows. You do see sound baffling panels made of a crusty, spaghetti-like material sprouting out from the nondescript walls. There's a projector in the middle of the ceiling. You see 14 chairs spaced evenly around a well, a rather cheap-looking conference table. Now, agents, you've never worked with one another before, so as you are each escorted in one at a time, well, you, you, you really don't know what to expect. Before long, you four are sitting in this half-empty presentation room. Agent Ryan being the last to arrive, the door clicking behind you. You four kind of look at one one another, wondering which one of you is the handler. Are we all pulling the power move of uh, who, who talks first is the weakest? I think that's probably what, what's happening right now, yeah. I just can't think of anything to say. It definitely is well, well within reason if I'm the last to enter that I would probably say something upon entering. Well, go for it. <laughs> Gentlemen, ma'am, nodding my head towards Royson, might I ask which one of you is in charge here? <clears throat> um, I thought you were the handler, to be honest. I, uh, I've never met anyone here. My name's, um, I'm told my name is Romeo. I nod to him. Agent Ryan. Nice to meet you. And you. I walk over and have a seat at one of the open chairs. So, are either of you the handler? He looks towards the other two. It's not me. I'm Ryzen. Nice to meet you. Ryan nods. No. <laughs> Agent Relic. Agent Relic. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're a little too aggressive. <laughs> yeah, that was intense. Coming in hot. <laughs> yeah. The answer's no, motherfucker. <laughs> Uh, no, uh, I'm Agent Relic. Good to meet you as well. So I guess we uh, put our feet up on the desk and wait for uh, 
the handler then, huh? And uh, Romeo kind of kicks back in his chair and puts his feet on the desk. The chair folds folds <sighs> his hands over his stomach. The chair creaks loudly and obnoxiously as you shift your weight backwards in it. There's a long kind of awkward silence with just the lingering echo of the horrific creak from your chair. When the as door... The, uh, I'm sorry. No, 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 please. You, you, do you have something in the cannon? Go for it. What you got? Yeah, as the um, the cuff of, of uh, Romeo's pant leg pulls back, it reveals that he's wearing SpongeBob SquarePants socks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all. Are they are they new or are are these like well worn like heirlooms? It's, it so they they look a little faded from several washes. So they're they're definitely not like holes in them, but they're gotcha. They've been worn, but they're not like pre distressed or anything. Like he's these no, are his socks. He he loves these socks. He saves his pre distressed clothing for uh, when he's not uh, wearing formal attire. Got yeah. it. Got it. Okay. Good. I'm glad we got that. But you pay so, extra for that, you know. So. It's true. It's true. The door. Chris, can I add something? Of course, yeah. Agent Ryan sees the socks and he nods and goes, ah, you're ready. It's a SpongeBob joke because he said I'm ready a lot if anybody uh, was a fan of the show. Romeo kind of smiles but doesn't say anything. Agent Relic frowns. (laughs) (laughs) The door clicks and swings open. A man who, again, none of you recognize uh, walks in. Kind of a tall white guy close cropped hair relatively severe looking he's wearing a dark suit which is kind of the common uniform for most of the agents you've passed on your way here the door closes behind him he has his lips pursed and he looks across the room his eyes kind of alight at the front where he decides he's he's going to make his way and and begins to to do so he turns to the room. Agents, I'm Snedeker. <clears throat> My understanding is you haven't worked together before, but let's go ahead and save the introductions until after I've delivered your briefing this morning. You all kind of allow your gaze to drift up towards the clock behind him, which reads 2.15 p.m. Now, I'd like you to save your questions until the end. Let me go ahead and get you everything that I need and if we have time, we'll uh, we'll discuss further. He pulls out a manila folder from inside his suit jacket and places it on the conference table in front of him. He opens it up and starts flipping through it absentmindedly. Before long, he's passed around one sheet to the agent closest to his right, happens to be Agent Roizen. A series of attacks have occurred in rural Ohio. These attacks have spanned over the last two weeks. Now, local experts and law enforcement uh, attribute them to a deranged or perhaps rabid brown bear ranging abnormally far south. Many joint hunting sorties have been put together to track the man-eater down, but to no avail. He looks up at each one of you to gauge your reactions, perhaps. Now, when the most recent victim had a state-ordered autopsy, the medical examiner discovered alarming internal mutations. What she first thought was an enlarged heart turned out to be two structurally distinct organs fused by a... He looks down at the sheet in front of him. looks different than what he passed over to you, Royzen. Fused together by a mass of connective tissue. Further analysis revealed that the additional four chambers, though otherwise connected seamlessly with the victim's circulatory systems, well, they had never pumped blood during the life of the victim. Now, the program has flagged this case for takeover, and Agent Garrett was assigned to probe further. We ordered autopsies for the other three victims. Now, these required state-approved exhumations, which were eventually granted through Garrett's efforts, my understanding. Findings were as follows. He motions towards the sheet in front of you, Royson. Victim number one, Amanda Boone, female, 65 years of age, retired, found 
one week ago, east of a town called Mechanicsburg. It's about 35 minutes west of here, on the bank of Little Darby Creek. Now, she apparently used to walk the creek, often looking for fossils. Her autopsy revealed six lobes in the right lung, five lobes in the left. Victim also appeared to have a redundant, semi-parallel duodenum. Victim number two, Grover Cox, male, 25 years of age, a student, University of California, Berkeley. Discovered one week ago southwest of same town, Mechanicsburg, near the site of Carl Potter Mound. According to his family, he was on a multi-week road trip through the country to, uh, he looks at another piece of paper, to write the great novel of America's true history. Autopsy showed abnormal developments in the legs, fully formed tendons, ligaments unattached to joints. He looks up at you four again. Anyway, autopsy had to be concluded at the San Francisco Medical Examiner's Office. Victim three was Archie Kemp, male, 13 years of age, son of the local Mechanicsburg Methodist pastor. His body was found five days ago, north outside the village. The autopsy was refused by the family. Uh, Agent Garrett was able to push it through. Our investigator found spinal cord, nervous ganglia riddled with tumors, indicating severe metastasis over for over a decade. No associated symptoms with uh, such a debilitating cancer were ever reported by the family or detected in any previous physician visits the child's life. Victim number four, Guy Mayer, 38 years of age, homesteader, hunter, local to Mechanicsburg as well. He's discovered three days ago. Again, that autopsy revealed an abnormal mutation in the heart. Dual pump system, eight chambers, four of which appeared unused. Agent Garrett did pursue necropsies for his canines, but they had already been destroyed, cremated. Now, he leans back in his chair. Clear indications present of heavy, clawed feet around the bodies, reportedly of a brown bear. Any attempt by local law enforcement or well, local hunters to follow the tracks or uncover trail, those, those attempts have been thus far fruitless. I want to let you know Agent Garrett is not on the ground in Ohio. She's not a field agent. Uh, she's already been reassigned. In fact, this is where you come in. He stops and looks again at you pointedly. The program's ready to track this thing down. We have a great interest in uh, putting a stop to it before it can continue its attacks. And you are expected, and local law enforcement has been informed, that you are with the Department of the Interior and you are to evaluate, capture, or destroy what appears to be a man-eater. Your local contact operates out of the Champaign County Sheriff's Office in Urbana. That's Sheriff Martin Mevlin. Now, he's been utilizing the county's uh, 28 full-time and part-time deputies in conjunction with the nine officers in Mechanicsburg to organize hunting sorties. This includes deputized locals. They've been attempting to track down the dangerous animal. Sheriff's also issued a 5 p.m. curfew, despite the ME's reports mentioning that the attacks probably occurred during daylight hours. I believe the sheriff will expect you to be acting as a contingent of his efforts, his ongoing efforts. He'll probably expect you to just provide organizational and tactical support on the ground. He's certainly not read in. Could be a potential liability, maybe a roadblock. I can tell you that the tragedy associated with these attacks, well, they have him fully dedicated. He's already made several statements about personally taking down the bear through these organized hunting sorties. Now, I'm going to provide you his contact information as well as his direct cell number. He pulls out a piece of paper, again, passes it to his right to Agent Roizen. The core mission of this operation, which will be called Crown Jubilee in our formal missives. You're to investigate, contain, conceal. Any questions for me, agents? Who wrote this note here in the uh, in the margins between victim two and three? He leans over and uh, cranes his neck to look at the sheet that he passed over. 
Oh, that would be uh, that would be the Emmy here in Columbus, who performed the autopsies, Doctor okay. Baker. Does the Emmy have further notes that they may have taken? None that we were provided. I doubt it. Are we able to talk with the M.E. here in Columbus? Agent Snedeker sighs. Well, um, I suppose, um, honestly, I don't know, uh, what more will be gleaned from, uh, pouring over the bodies themselves. What we really need is a, a field team at this point to track this thing down. But I can give you her information if you feel like that's necessary. Uh, it may be just a color some of well some of this information he nods kind of his face kind of twitches a little bit well uh the remains excluding those of the cox boy uh well they're being held at the franklin county forensic science center here i can set up an appointment for you to meet with with her she is uh red in that is uh, dr meredith baker over there okay yeah that'd be great he nods and why was uh why was victim number two uh, autopsied in San Francisco? Body was sent back before before the autopsy of victim number four, Guy Mayer, and it was through Agent Garrett's ministrations that we were able to get the cadaver looked at in its new location. Gotcha. Was it the sheriff that found all four victims, or were they discovered by different people and reported to the sheriff? Uh, the latter, agent. These were all discovered by locals. What communications have been sent out to the locals, if any at all? Does the sheriff even know that we're going to be coming down there? The sheriff is aware. Again, he thinks you're from the Department of Interior. You'll be provided credentials that will assert this fact. Not sure how he's going to receive you. I can tell you again, he is taking this incredibly seriously. Uh, he's very close to the community. And apologies if you already said this. Were these all in the same area? How far far apart were these, or were this is in one mile from everybody, where everyone was found? He nods, as if he anticipated your question. Yep, well, the bodies that have been, sent, have been found thus far are all around, well, Mechanicsburg, or a good bit out. Uh, but that is the closest populated center. Now, there's a lot of rural, rural living out there, that's for sure. But when it comes to the largest town, it's Mechanicsburg. And sorry, how far outside Mechanicsburg were these bodies found? Well, the uh, first victim, Amanda Boone, uh, she was found maybe 100, 200 yards away from the population center uh, in one of the creeks. Mm. Uh, Grover Cox, the uh, student who was apparently driving in from California for something, he was found down by Carl Potter Mount which is a good, a good bit south, a few miles south of the, of the town or the village. And Archie Kemp, the 13-year-old, was found a good bit north in a field, about a, a little less than a mile. And Guy Mayer was found the farthest away. But uh, not too surprising, as he was heavily involved in looking for the animal responsible for these attacks. Are we, based on those locations, do we see any pattern of movement? In general, I'm trying to figure out how are we going to contain this if that's one of the missives, if it's all over a, you know, a, a large span of area. Yeah, as he goes through each one of these you know, points of interest, you start to kind of just take some points down on your smartphone. You start kind of sketching this in front of you as he speaks. And you look at these points and yeah, uh, Mechanicsburg does appear to be the largest population center. There's a lot of farmland according to the satellite view that you're you're viewing right now. Go ahead and roll your, let's do your navigation, please. I mean, absolute fail for sure. Mm -hmm. You don't see any pattern at all. Thankfully, all of the pinpoints are in one area, but something Snedeker said about the bodies discovered thus far, well, maybe you're not seeing the whole picture yet. Mm. Any other questions for me, agents? Are there any other resources on the ground we should be aware of? He nods. I haven't been made aware of anything, but he goes ahead and reaches into his jacket again. Must be quite voluminous because he pulls out four Samsung smartphones, passes them out. But this is a direct line. I'm going to need you to go ahead and open those up now, get them imprinted 
with your thumbprint and facial scan so they can only be accessed by you. That'll be the only line back to me once you're in the field. And if there's anything you do need, Agent, he looks directly at you, Royzen. Give me a call, and I'll see what I can get out there to you. And where are the personal effects kept of all of these? Personal effects of, of the victims? Well, I'll tell you, Amanda Boone's and Guy Mayer's should be with the EMEs still. The personal, the, the personal effects of Archie Kemp, the 13-year-old boy, have been turned over to the family. And so, okay, so am I to understand that, that victim number two, uh, Grover Cox, his, his parents don't have his personal effects? If they weren't sent with the body, they'll be here with the Emmys. I, I don't have the details okay. on that. That's fine. Appreciate it. Sure. Good. Um, yeah, I, I'm happy to check out the Emmy next. I think that's a good start. Look at the personal effects. Especially this commonplace book I find interesting. I want to get a look at that. He sighs again. If you think that's best, I'll make the call and set up an appointment once you leave. If there are no other questions for me, I'll go ahead and have uh, Reggie outside take you to the motor pool. We do have a vehicle to check out to you. You can head on in. From there, your your discretion uh, rules the day. Agent Ryan, Agent Ryan holds up the phone and goes, Samsung? No, I'm just kidding. He doesn't do that. <laughs> is, is he an iPhone guy? Yeah, he's totally an oh, iPhone guy. Of course he is. Of course he is. <laughs> Before Senator leaves, uh, do you mind if we make that two vehicles, sir? Uh, for what reason, Agent? Well, if we might want to be splitting up, um, chasing down leads. It's a big area, big rural area. Go ahead and roll your Persuade plus 20%, please. Looks oh, like well. a critical success to me. Critical success. So before you know it, all four of you are in the FBI motor pool. Feels like a normal subterranean parking garage and two large GMC SUVs are driven up to where you're waiting by yourselves. They're distinctive in that they are black with government plates, but uh, you have two FBI issued vehicles for your use. Good job. Well done. You've just split the party. (laughs) 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 All right. Well, um, who wants to drive? Well, I'll take one. I'll ride with SpongeBob. <laughs> All right, then. Guess I'm driving. Sounds like Royzen and Relic are in one vehicle, and Romeo and Ryan are in another. Yeah. All right, let's go check out that ME, see what's going on there. Read through that list of uh, sweet, sweet items. You take both of the vehicles out of this underground parking area through a security checkpoint, and into the glaring sunlight of the great Columbus, Ohio. You make your way through the busy city streets, a few blocks down to Franklin County Forensic Science Center. This is where the coroner's office is housed. Now, when you arrive, park, make your way inside, a smiling woman in a lab coat is waiting for you. She actually waves as if she knows exactly who you are. She walks up and shakes each one of your hands. She seems very upbeat. Hello, 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 she says. I was told that we're going to take a tour of the of the facilities, she winks. Did you want to follow me? Romeo smiles. Yep. Uh, I'm Agent Romeo, and uh, this, this is uh, 
and he introduces Royce and Relic and Ryan. Oh, all yeah! If you could just show us all our names, huh? That's pretty cool. She says. She turns. Fun coincidence. Quite the coincidence. <laughs> she turns and uh, takes you through uh, some double doors after flashing a magnetic badge over it, and before long, you've descended a couple of tiled stairs into the stifling antiseptic below ground halls. You can see that staff has already kind of been cleared from the area of the morgue where she takes you. And she closes the doors behind you as you each step into a large, tiled, fairly cold room full of, well, cadaver drawers. There are a couple of slabs here, metal, uh, that are not currently occupied. But Dr. Baker turns and picks up, or at least rolls over a stool and sits on it. And she kind of leans forward. She says, okay, so what can I answer for you? Well, I'd like to see the personal effects of, uh, of these victims, if possible. Okay, um, I think we have some clothing. Um, nothing too interesting was grabbed or, or bagged for evidence, but I think I can get that for you. What else? I'm mainly interested in the commonplace book that uh, Grover Cox had. Ah, the Cox boy. I didn't examine him. Uh, none of his effects would be here. She smiles. I see. I see. I'll see what I can do about that then. Okay, well, uh, what was in the hunting kit of Guy Mayer? Ooh, okay. Well, let's, uh, let's grab that. Is there anything else you want me to grab when I jump down there? She smiles. I'm not sure what she means exactly. Uh, is there something I should be asking you for? I don't know. There's a lot of stuff I bagged up. Uh, The bodies were not found in the best shape. So we've got a lot of torn cloth. Most effects were scattered and soiled and are fairly unrecognizable. If I recall, the hunting kit was spread out across a very large area. There was a firearm found, which I believe is being held in an evidence locker at the sheriff's sure okay yeah uh do you have the photos for the scene of each uh uh no i didn't request those i didn't find it (laughs) necessary she laughs i see yep okay well sure bring us what you can we'll definitely need to look at the clothes and the gear and then maybe line up any wounds with what was on the clothes just to verify Sure. Okay. Dr. Baker leaves you four alone in this large morgue. Is there anything you four would like to do before she returns with your requests? Uh, Romeo would like to get a peep at the bodies. The cadaver drawers are unmarked. There are about 36 of them. He's fairly certain he can just look at the toe tags and see who's who just by popping them open a little bit until he finds the right one. Gotcha. Reason will help. If you start on one end, I start in the other. It'll save us some time. Yeah, sounds good. Nice. Before long, you discover the body of Amanda Boone. And you four crowd around this drawer as it's opened entirely to reveal a fairly torn up body inside a white PVC zipper bag. You can tell it's in terrible shape inside the bag. Go on. <laughs> so, do you unzip the bag to get a to get a nice uh, oh absolutely nice gander? Yeah, we get a nice okay, nice peek at that uh, summer squash mess in there. Yeah, yeah. So you go ahead and carefully unzip the bag. This body is in terrible disrepair, as well as being in advanced stages of decomposition. The scent is much too powerful for the antiseptic cloud that you're standing in. And it hits all of you like bricks in the face. This was once a woman, but it has, the body that is, it has been terribly mauled. And again, we're looking at at least 10, maybe longer days of of decomposition. 
and exposure to the elements. Agent Relic, you have seen a few bodies like this, found, come across a few bodies like this, hikers, even found one after the winter's thaw. So this is not a strange sight to you, but it's no less disturbing. I was gonna use my forensic skill to look over the bodies, see if, I mean, I know it's an expert already looked over them, but you know, using my background, if I'm gonna, if I can look for any, anything that may have been missed, like hair, nails, claws, chips of bone or something. Yeah, so to find something that small, you'll probably need to grab a forensic kit and like dig in for just like an, a cursory view. Um, that's a little bit different, but I'm happy to do either. Did you want to uh, break out a forensic kit? I have a forensic kit. Forensic kit. Uh, you're welcome to do it. That's going to take a couple of hours. Is that is that oh. your intention? Yeah, maybe say, hey, would y'all mind if we uh, spent some time here looking through these bodies? I might be able to find something. Yeah, I think that's Go uh, a good idea. We sh I've also got. What are you thinking? Uh, well, this, while disturbing, is not entirely unfamiliar to me. Wondering if I could spot something that maybe they wouldn't have thought to look for. Yeah, if you've seen this before, I I think you should definitely take a closer look. Ryan looks towards uh, Romeo and Royzen to see if they agree. Romeo nods his head. Uh, there's certainly more sure. we look at. You go ahead and remove a, looks like a small first aid kit from the bag that you brought with you into the medical center. Inside, nitrile gloves. Small instruments, various sized tweezers, scalpels, baggies of all shapes and sizes. You bring over yet another rolling stool and start taking a look, moving limbs aside, looking underneath areas of torn flesh, trying to find something that may be Dr. Baker best. Before you roll your forensics, and don't let me forget, the door's open and in comes Dr. Baker. In her arms are several orange bags. Look like some of them have bloodied clothing in them. And closes the door. She's smiling. She kind of cranes her neck and looks to see that Agent Relic has, uh, well, made himself right at home. And she shakes her head. She goes, well, well, well. I guess we have a... <laughs> have someone with some some uh, medical experience in the house today. Well, that's a rarity. Next time I think you might want to ask my permission though, there is a well, there are there is some paperwork that I I normally fill out in these situations. She laughs. Apologies, huh. we're just sitting we're just ditching she to get this working. done with. She walks over to you, Romeo, and kind of dumps these evidence bags into your arms. And she hustles over to where Relic is poking and prodding the flesh of this cadaver. She starts pointing things out, sort of backseat driving you. And she says, you can see here that, well, these, these were formed by deep claw-like appendages, these gouges here. Probably a bear or maybe one of your ghoulies. She laughs. <laughs> um. But also you should look at the lungs here. And I assume you already looked at my report. She points out the anomalies. To you, they just look like lumps of dead flesh, but she seems quite worked up about them, quite excited. Go ahead and roll your forensics at this time. Oh, good God. <laughs> That's a critical failure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This mass of decomposing flesh, after a while, it all kind of blurs together. You're you're not even sure again what she's pointing at as she as she kind of takes you through this. She certainly seems chipper, but your your eyes are actually starting to water. The smell and stench is just it's too much for you. You've honestly never spent this long over such a ripe corpse before. You have no choice but to back up and stop what you're doing. Dr. Baker kind of smashes says, "Uh-oh. Maybe uh I was being a little too uh I guess you're not a medical doctor? No. I'm gonna need to get better she, than better than one word answers, aren't I? Uh, <laughs> she she walked over she walks over to the uh, the double doors again and picks up something from one of the containers, one of the folder containers against the wall, brings it over to you. Go ahead and uh, take some of this and rub this on your upper lip. It'll help. She has a salve in her hand that's in some sort of, you know, tin container. It uh, smells 
a very strong spearmint or maybe peppermint. Like well, since I don't know that I had a critical failure here. Agent Relic says, thank you, ma'am, and takes a bit and rubs it on his upper lip. Okay. Did we want to open these bags up and, uh, and rifle through some bloody clothes? She laughs. Ryan goes over towards the bags, looking over at Romeo, saying, what were you uh, thinking we might find in this, just so I have an idea of what we might be looking for? I'm going to go over it with my forensics kit and uh, make sure that there's no residues here that weren't caught. Make sure that the uh, tack patterns match. Um, Maybe draw some conclusions based off of what we find. I'm going to go ahead and roll my forensics. Sure. Okay, that's a success. Mm -hmm. Dr. Baker kind of steps in. I can tell you that the clothes were taken off the bodies. The attack patterns do match. As far as special residues, uh, you won't find any special residues except for the the dirt of the soil from which the bodies were extracted. Nonetheless, I feel obligated to follow protocol, and he scans everything with the UV light, uh, checking for anything other than blood. You uh, turn on that UV light and start flashing it over the cadaver of Amanda Boone, and you don't pick anything up unexpected. Well, I can tell you, Agent, that this is a professional facility. I've been doing this for 37 years, and she just kind of keeps going on about this as you continue your examination. I'm rolling human to see uh, if I've offended her with my... I, you don't have to roll human for that. <laughs> Adherence, okay. So I've clearly offended you. I'm sorry. I'm just following uh, my own personal approach, checking all the boxes, if you will. Look, I go out on quite the limb for you types. Uh, I have evidence bags here that are open that are supposed to be sealed. I have you rifling through cadaver drawers without knowing which one belongs to which body. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of getting my patience tested a little. So, uh, yeah, I am a little offended. I performed a uh, very lengthy autopsy for these at the request of your office. So maybe you can ask me questions about that instead of, well, going back over my work clumsily. She looks over at Agent Relic. I think I speak for everyone when I say we're very sorry. Please continue. Uh, I will happily listen to your input. Unless any of you disagree with that, she kind of straightens her lab coat and puts on her best smile again. And she begins taking you through her examination in first person. She highlights the bizarre internal mutations, which you four peer at with your untrained eye, but she's able to kind of point these out to you in a way that you understand that, well, it ain't right. She talks about how these victims would have had some record of these abnormalities through conventional or incidental medical visits throughout their lives. And she says this is especially true of the cancers found in the Kemp boy because they are incredibly debilitating. He would have been in horrific pain based on where they're located and the number and size of them. She points out these tumors as she turns the boy's body over. You four kind of holding your mouths as you watch this. She also points out that there are organ redundancies here, and all of those seem to be new. She points out on the newest body, that of Guy Mayer, that the tissues there are, well, in all visual and biophysical aspects, they seem to be younger when compared to the other side of his double heart. This goes for every cadaver. And in your professional opinion, there's no there's no disease or any malady that you can think of that would cause this. Agent, this is impossible. Like, okay. this is impossible. She's smiling widely. And did you, by any chance, check for uh, any radiations? He emphasizes the plurality of that word. There is no indication that these victims were exposed to any high level of radiation, but even so, the growth here, it's too its too constant, it's too uniform. What we're looking at here, there's, there's nothing like it. I mean, yeah, some of these mutations could be congenital, but 
in all of the bodies in different ways there's something going on here she smiles again okay yeah it's definitely fascinating dr baker um have you ever heard of anything like this before no no i mean i've looked at you know some weird stuff but but this is this is next level so Ryzen's going to glance at the gentleman i and then back to dr baker i feel like we've imposed on your time so much already and i can't begin to thank you enough for all of your patience with our fumbling around but i think perhaps it's time we move on to other lines of questioning we still need to get to sure yeah um well if you need to give me a call i'm in six days a week and I'm happy to keep discussing this. Uh, and, you know, if you figure out what's going on and you want to let me know, I know you probably can't. But if you can, I'd love to know. She nods. We'll keep you informed. Oh, re- really? Okay. Awesome. Royzen just kind of makes some non-committal noises as she's slowly shoving the boys out the door she seems to have taken what romeo said to heart and she's like nodding meeting his eyes as as you uh, as you four leave <laughs> before long you've emerged from the underground morgue back on the sunny streets or at least in the sunny parking lot of the medical examiner's office the science center you're standing in front of your vehicles what would you like to do agents I think it's time we make contact with the sheriff. Maybe get up, get set up in a motel in the area. Yeah, we should check in before it gets too late. Or before they do something stupid. <laughs> Why not both? <laughs> okay, I should have said and instead of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, Mechanicsburg, if that's where you're thinking of you know, making your base of operations, doesn't seem to have a single chain motel or hotel there. There is a a bed and breakfast there that that looks like it it, it might serve you but uh, it is only 35 minutes west of columbus proper um, just a little bit out of the near suburb uh, and more of the rural ohio lands so you could oh, actually shoot, 35 minutes in in uh, modern washington dc is like a trip to the grocery store so that's not even a problem yeah, sorry, you say mechanicsburg is only 35 minutes away from columbus yeah if, if oh, there's okay. no traffic it's it's clear sailing it's not very far at all. What time of day is it at this point? It's probably evening time now, right? It's getting close to 5 p.m. You didn't get to, about to, to put blow in that the... steam whistle. Everybody's about to leave. <laughs> That's true. You didn't get to put in those hours on your forensics, unfortunately. You had to back off because you were getting sick. I wonder why. Your tummy <laughs> couldn't handle the stinkies. I'm hoping that's the that hopefully we just got the critical fail out of the way. And then we're, we're going to be good from here out. Yeah, of course. So you got your success and your fail. And you're done now. It's all. But we know that failures come in hundreds. <laughs> that's, that's true. Well, oh no. <laughs> why, don't, why don't we? Uh, why don't we check in, take stock of our of our gear and situation, and get down to the uh, sheriff's office first thing in the morning. So we want to get a um, a hotel here in Columbus. Is that what I heard? Five star, baby. Let's do it. Oh damn, that's uh. Four seasons. No, it's Columbus five star. Don't don't go getting ideas. Yeah, Michael, how are the how's the hotel scene? I I didn't Google that. I'm there. Are, I'm sure. Definitely. First of all, definitely not five star hotels, but there are. Well, welcome to Columbus, nice Ohio. We have hotels. I'll uh, I'll say that uh, team. If I or as Ryan will say, team. If I may, I'm happy to help us with accommodations. As he pulls out his phone to contact his assistant to set the set everybody up with with a hotel a a nice room and then looks around and says i have a feeling that we are going to be very uncomfortable once we leave the greater city so we might as well at least enjoy one night of of comfort no uh romeo says wait 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 uh who who are you calling uh my assistant uh absolutely not not no no not while we're I assure you, her discretion is absolute. But it's trackable. Uh, that's that's my problem with this. I'll concede there. Thank you. Does everybody like Best Western? Uh, as long as I'm not sleeping outdoors, I'm happy. <laughs> Same. Uh, I'll get us an adjoining room situation, so we're all nearby. 
Agent Ryan, it's been a long time since you've been in a Best Western, and it certainly hasn't changed since the last time you were there. At this at this Best Western, the best actually fell off the hotel, and it just says Western. It's just Western. It's just Western. So so yeah, you four uh, go ahead and get yourselves some rooms and pack out a bit and go to the local Denny's for a evening Grand Slam before you turn in for the night. How does that sound, agents? Sounds like a tummy slapping good time. <laughs> good. Awesome. Is there anything that your agents do this evening that I need to know about? Or uh, Romeo's going to sweep uh, each room for bugs of the living and mechanical kind. Gotcha. So he's he's not just an FBI agent with, you know, SIGINT and understanding, you know, electronic surveillance, but he is also a pest control dabbler. Well, when you travel, and he does for his job, you become quite concerned about what you take home with you. Gotcha. Gotcha. So does he just like... So many levels. <laughs> <laughs> So so you're going to like basically barge into each one of the agents' rooms with your can of raid and your bug sweeper equipment? Basically, uh no, but uh, <laughs> he's just checking for it so that you know where to put things. Uh if if there are bugs, uh you know, you don't want to put your your luggage near that. I'm that curious. Idea. How do the other agents respond to Agent Romeo asking to come into their rooms to look for surveillance equipment in the Best Western? that they just randomly chose. Well, Roizen is going to roll her eyes, step aside, and go back <laughs> to poking away at her pocket computer. Got it. Uh, cool. Anybody else? You find anything, son? <laughs> uh, not yet, but I'll let you know. He you says that. as he unscrews yet another wall outlet cover. I don't think uh, Agent Ryan is going to be as accommodating and <laughs> insist that everything's fine and, and just close the close his room door. Oh man, that's gonna stick in your uh, craw, Agent Romero. Bugs are an issue, um, and uh, in our line of work, we um, want to be real careful about what we say and where. You've already made one mistake. How many more are you gonna make? <laughs> Agent Ryan. Agent Ryan looks around the the surroundings and say, "I'm not sure. I would say this is my mistake." <laughs> Slicks back his hair and. Uh, Gives him a long, hard look and says, okay, okay, well, you be safe. Agent Ryan winks at him and then closes the door. Agent Ryan is going to be the one with the directional microphone pointed at his room all night, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) Hot. Cool. Well, I'll tell you right now, Romeo, you do not find any uh, surveillance equipment. You do find some instances of poor wiring practices. You're not really an electrician, but you can spot a dangerous connection pretty pretty clearly and easily. That's uh that's not up to code. I don't know about Columbus, Ohio law, but um where I come from this this kind of uh, electric work is well it's a violation. You take out your book and you start writing a citation. Uh I assume FBI agents have a citation book, right? No, no, no. Oh. Oh, that's a shame. In the morning, you four pack out of your motel rooms and into your two SUVs. But before setting out, you want to kind of come up with a plan for the day. How you want to tackle this operation that you've been tasked with by your handler in the program. Agents, you're to find a man-eating bear and stop it from claiming another victim. What is your what is your plan? You kind of need to know what's been done so we don't cover any ground that's been covered unless that ground that's been covered has proven to be done poorly. You know, coming into this, we don't have a lot to work with that I see. I think first thing we need to do is get in touch with the sheriff, get a review of the situation, see if they have any additional evidence that hasn't been provided to us yet. Very much I'd like, like to see the crime scene. Yeah, I would very much like to see the crime scenes, yes. Exactly. I'd like to get eyes on them myself. Snedeker did provide you of each one of the body's discovered locations. Yeah, and we have our cover of being with the Department of Interior, so what we're going to do is, from where Romeo sees it, what we're going to do is uh, check those locations and review any further evidence. 
Say, uh, well, I, I am with the Department of the Interior. Um, it's not a cover. And uh, I, I have any legitimate reason to be out here. This is exactly the kind of thing that I would travel for. So that should, uh, should help us get some uh, doors opened if we need it. Sounds good. Why don't you lead the way on this then, uh, since this seems to be right up your, right in your wheelhouse. Yeah, my, my first priority is we need to talk with the sheriff and then, um, based on what Snedeker was saying, he thinks we're going to be there working for him. We just need to establish that, uh, we're there on our own accord and, uh, he can assist us as needed. I think once we get that, that set straight, we should be, uh, good to go. So you're going to walk up to him and show him your penis and tell him that you're the boss? <laughs> Effectively, yes. Okay. I I really can't wait to see how this goes down. <laughs> okay, so is the first stop to track down the sheriff and get into some sort of testosterone-fueled contest? Agent Ryan's going to speak up and say, not that we didn't get what we needed from the medical examiner, but maybe we should uh, try the the carrot rather than the stick. See if we can get him working for us without him knowing it. All right. So do we want to call the sheriff or did we just want to show up at the Champaign County Sheriff's Office, which is in Urbana, by the way. It's not in Mechanicsburg. Oh, how far, uh, is, how far is that away? Um, it's, a, it's a good clip. Years. Yeah, yeah, years. <laughs> light, light years, yeah. <laughs> it's like 20 minutes. <laughs> Distance It's, all, it's all fairly It's kind of different, yeah. May I recommend we... Give him a call, let him know that we'll be on our way, and see if he has uh, any, if if he could use the, the support that we'll be offering. Perhaps we could get him to meet us in Mechanicsburg and show us the crime scenes himself. I'm all for that idea. Who's making the call? You have both the sheriff's line and his personal cell phone given to you by Agent Snedeker. Oh boy, the choices. Uh, we ought to, I think we ought to give him a direct call and just see how that goes. Royson did a pretty good job with the medical examiner. Maybe her uh, her charm will win us over good favor from the sheriff as well. If you're up for it. All right, but if he hits on me, then we'll <laughs> hit him. <laughs> you uh, you dial the sheriff's ostensibly the sheriff's uh, personal cell number, and just to let you know it's it's about uh, eight thirty in the morning when you do so. After a few rings, somebody picks up. Hello? Hello, Sheriff? Uh, yeah? This is Agent Royson with the Department of the Interior. We want to meet up, try to make sure we're all on the same page, and that we can assist you as best as possible. I was wondering if you'd be willing to meet us in Mechanicsburg, show us around the crime scenes, just so we have an idea of what we're actually looking at. You hear a long, protracted yawn. Uh, you said Department of the Interior? Yes, sir. Agent Royson. Uh, sorry, just a long night. You want to... Oh, that's uh, completely understandable. You want you want me to take you out to, to where some of the bodies were found? Sorry, what did you say? Yes, the crime scenes, the where the bodies were found. I just feel like I get such a better idea of what's going on if I see it in person rather than photographs of places I've never been. Well, I can tell you you ain't gonna find much out there. I mean, there's been a few rains since even a guy was found. Ain't nothing to really see. Hell, those tracks didn't last more than a few hours and we couldn't, well, we couldn't uh, follow them anywhere. That's understandable, sir. I'm just, I'd like to get a feel for it anyway. I'm completely new to this area and have no idea what things look or even feel like. Yeah, it's a real mystery why you even got sent, ain't it? Just following orders, sir. Long sigh. Look, I need to get some coffee in me and uh, I'm gonna meet some of the some of the locals uh, in Town Square, Mechanicsburg. Gonna talk about tonight's sortie. Um, if you get there before 10 a.m. and we're there, you know, well, we can have a quick chat. But uh, I'm all eyes on uh, tracking this thing down. I won't be able to go out to any of those uh, sites with you. But uh, we can at least of uh, meet, 
put face to name, and I can let you know what our plans are for the rest of the week until we track this thing down and uh, put a stop to it. That would be great. And if you could introduce us to some of the locals who might be able to just assist with information gathering, we'd really appreciate it. Yeah. Well, don't be late now. We're, we're on a tight schedule. He hangs up. We'll see you soon, sir. <laughs> well, what did he like say? Well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, was that on speakerphone uh, or Zoomy? <laughs> no, no. So he's going to meet us in the town square, Mechanicsburg, 10 a.m. Apparently they're doing some planning. So we will get to meet some of the other locals who are involved in this bear hunt as well. So they've got a plan already in place. Are they going to go out and try to to find this thing? That's what it sounded like. All right. Ryan looks at Romeo again and said, you up to drive again? I am very up to drive again. Let's do this. 